Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined by Rob Casty. Rob, how are you today? I uh, just thrown together my last minute Halloween costume. It's uh, you know, I'm just gonna I'm going as a ghost, so I'm just gonna wear a white sheet. I hope nobody gets the wrong idea, you know. <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> you know, hope nobody puts me on Twitter for likes and faves. I'm trying to remember uh I'm trying to remember if I ever went as a ghost. One year I went as a potato, which was a great costume. No, I'm, I'm not really going. You can't go as a ghost. If you go as a ghost in 2019, you're going on the internet as a member of the KKK. Unless That's you're like a little kid. Unless you're a little kid. Even then, are you sure? I mean, have you I been on like, have you been on Twitter in 2019? You think little kids are safe from being called racist? I feel like the hat. You have to have the hat to be in the KKK. That's just me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We shall see. It was either uh, that, or I was going to go as like uh, I was going to wear a, a sombrero and draw on a mustache. I thought maybe that would be okay. No, that's fine. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> You're definitely allowed to go as an Italian from Staten Island. Nobody's right, going to say right. anything if you gel your hair up and wear a couple chains. All right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I wish I was trying to find a picture of me in the potato costume, which was just a big brown blob. Uh, I wanted to tweet that out, but I couldn't find it today. So uh, anyway, I don't guess what I'm going as a lion. I go as a lion every year because I spent like a hundred dollars on this stupid lion costume. Well, by the time anybody hears this, it'll be over and I'll already be canceled. So yeah, you will for sure. Uh, all right. We want to remind everybody, tell a friend, uh, leave a review. Our numbers are dwindling. <laughs> We've become – here's what happens. I think there's too many podcasts during the football season. People actually don't really care about us, Rob. Uh, it's when the doldrums, when we're the only ones podcasting in the offseason, where people are like, hey, what are these two jabronis talking about? Uh, the Failing Commitment Issues podcast. Well, I have terrible, terrible ratings. Not to mention last week's episode didn't come out until like late Friday night because it was once again a tech nightmare. So the impact of Nick Kruger being gone continues to loom over this podcast uh, a year later. So uh, anyway, let's jump into the games. Last week, Rob, you went nine and seven to improve your record to 73, uh, 68 and two. <laughs> Hey, you're winning money if you're betting with Rob Cassidy here. Right. I am now uh, 69, 72, and two. So I continue to be four games behind you. I cut the cut it to three, uh, but now it's four. So uh, let's jump into our picks. Game one, we got a game Thursday night. Very exciting for everybody involved. West Virginia heading to Baylor. Uh, the Baylor, Baylor, I think, is an 18 and a half point favorite. Let me get it pulled up again here. Um, the Rob Cassidy lock of the century came through again last week. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, what was your lock of the century last it week? was Nevada getting smoked by Wyoming. Oh, uh, yeah. You're on Nevada. You're uh, really dialed into the Mountain West this year. Uh, well, it's it's Willie Henry. You know, anybody that watched last year. Well, he didn't play. Year. I thought he was out. He was for mental reasons or something. No, I know. But I made the bet before. The uh, bet was based on Malik. Uh, and then he got benched and – you know, same thing. Um, so this is an interesting one. If this was at West Virginia, you know, Baylor's kind of had some close calls. West Virginia isn't actually as bad as they seem. They're three and four. They were close hanging around with Texas, who might not be good anyway, which we can talk about later. Uh, 18 and a half is a lot, but you know, I'm going to take Baylor. Thursday night at home, I think it'll be rocking. All the students will be there. There'll be everyone in costumes uh, getting ready to go party afterwards. It gives you something to do until it's time to party, right? Yeah, well, it's always time to party in my house. No, but remember in college when it's like, okay, what are we going to do until 10 o'clock, you know, or 11 o'clock? Yeah, the answer was usually drink. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So now you go in your Halloween costume, 
Absolutely. You tailgate or whatever. You go, you cheer your team win. It'll be loud and rowdy, and then you leave and go drink some more or whatever. I think this is going to be close. I'm going to take the Mountaineers. I think some clever sports writer will write a lead about how they put a real Baylor put a, Mountaineers put a real scare into Baylor. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes, it's a spooky Halloween night for the Baylor Bears. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I think West Virginia takes keeps this close. Yeah, Nick was – so Nick and I recently somehow – or Nick decided that he thought the New Orleans Pelicans should change their name to the Voodoo. And I reminded him that there was an arena league football team called the New Orleans Voodoo. And I once covered uh, one of their games on Friday the 13th. <laughs> I was trying to find oh, the horrible, the horrible <laughs> puns I made in the opening. Then we start, of course, I then I go down a rabbit hole trying to find my own story, right? Uh, and it turns out that the coach of the New Orleans Voodoo at the game I covered was none other than Derek Stingley, the number one player in the country. His dad was the coach of the team. Really? At the game, that? yeah, I made the horrible puns when I was working for the now defunct uh, New Orleans Times Picayune. Uh, so there you have it. It all comes full circle. Interesting. Anyway, I, I can't remember. It was definitely Voodoo, Nightmare, Friday the 13th. Uh, also tonight, I didn't realize this. Well, this is Thursday. Hopefully the podcast comes out by the time people hear this. Also Thursday, Georgia Southern traveling to App State. App State is a 15-point favorite. Um, I'm going to use the exact same logic and flip it and take Georgia Southern. I think 15 is a lot, and uh, Georgia Southern is going to try to shorten this game. The over-under is only 44. So, Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you here. Give me, give me Georgia Southern. It's also been raining for <laughs> – ever here in uh, my neck of the woods. I have to imagine it's raining quite a bit up in the mountains as well. So uh, it might be a sloppy game too. So, all right, moving on uh, 8 PM prime time, Oregon uh, taking on USC. I don't know why this game's out of order chronologically, but this is Saturday, correct? Or is this yeah, tomorrow? Yeah. You know, sorry. Moving on to Saturday. There's no Friday games uh, of, of consequence for us this week. So Saturday, Oregon traveling to USC prime time game, uh, eight o'clock on on Big Fox, Oregon a four and a half points favorite. This is weird because I feel like Oregon could lose to any team they play <laughs> at any given time. I also feel like they could win any game by like fifty points. Uh, I'm going to take Oregon just because I think they're kind of on a mission here. I know the Pac-12 likes to cannibalize itself, but uh, I have a feeling Oregon's going to come in and really trying to run the ball down USC's throat. And USC's got a ton of injuries on defense, so um, yeah, the, the injuries. Oregon has a better quarterback. Oregon has a better coach. I really think that no matter what happens here, this is Clay Helton's death kneel uh, season. I think everybody's kind of accepted that. I, there's no real fight left in this team. I, I, I just – I don't know. It's hard to fight for a lame duck coach. I'm taking the ducks. Yeah, and like I said, if USC won, I would not be shocked. It would just be them probably passing for a ton of yards uh, because Oregon's – defense, which looked pretty good earlier in the year, and I still think has a lot of playmakers. They've kind of been susceptible to the pass. Um, Michigan traveling to Maryland. Michigan, come off a huge win, Rob. What do you have to say for yourself? Uh, Shea Patterson is the greatest quarterback of all time. Never doubted him. He should be the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, I would like to actually volunteer to be the one that fits him for his Hall of Fame jacket. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe, uh, you know, there was talk of me being invited to Shea's draft party, which I didn't, I was, I was beginning to worry it might not happen. So he only yeah, has talk, there's talk of being a star in the CFL. So <laughs> maybe you get to go visit him in Saskatchewan or wherever he is. Okay. Up. You probably didn't watch much of this game last week, right? 
I, I did not. How many passing yards do you think Shea had in the game? I assume since you're bringing it up a lot, so I'm going to say like 315. I said they won 45 to 14. He was 6 of 12 for 100 yards. Oh, God. <laughs> but, well, those are those are the numbers the Toronto Argonauts cannot pass on. <laughs> well, so they decided to run it down their throat, which is smart because they've been trying to run this ridiculous speed and space offense, uh, which has had no speed and no space. And they kind of went back to their regular offense and they just killed Notre Dame. By the way, Ian Book, who I think we went head to head on last week, he just did not, he did not match Shea. He went eight of 25 for 73 yards. Wow. Yeah, that's a, a tough go for old Ian. He may be, you know, he may be the Wednesday night matchup when this is when, you know, the Rough Riders meet the Argonauts. Hey, listen, we end up watching a lot of CFL, especially because when the games are on, like in like July and August, and we're and traveling on the road. I remember oh, yeah. when we watched the Argonauts game in some like weird beach bar in Clearwater Beach, where you could tell it was just like a bunch of people from Ohio that had shown up to dance, and it was like eight people in the bar. <laughs> no, we were in. Um, was that this year or the year before? The year before. Yeah, I we were. It was, we were in Clearwater, Clearwater Beach. Beach. No, we were down. Like when you cross that bridge in Sarasota and go where we always where I always get gelato. Oh was, yeah, it's like that little circle square thing, and it's got a bunch of restaurants. We had the good Greek food this year. Remember? That's right. That's right. Sarasota underrated for food. Uh, you know, compared to most cities in Florida. Um, all right, Michigan is a twenty-one point favorite at Maryland. This one is like so people are hinting there's some kind of personal beef between Josh Gaddis and Mike Loxley, even though they work together at, at Alabama. Have you heard any of these rumblings? I have not. I don't know. It seems like I've heard it, and I think Michigan is going to try to run it up. And Maryland, despite being the best team ever in week one or two, they look rough. Give me Michigan, even though 21 on the road is a is a huge number. I just think that they found yeah, them. they do look rough, and it's like – I don't know if, what happened. I mean, obviously injuries with McFarland. I it's really hard to pick them right now. After I watched the the game that they played against Temple earlier in the year, where they just basically laid down and just got drilled by a team that probably shouldn't have any business being in that game. Even I've really become down on Maryland. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Shea. Give me a give me future CFL Hall of Famer Shea Patterson, please. By the way, UCF played Temple last week and scored 69 on them or something. I know. And Temple, I don't know what the – I'm going to have to look up the final score. But, I mean, it was a drubbing when Temple played Maryland. Well, I feel like Maryland didn't score or something. It was like – it definitely was – was, you can look it up. Well, uh, why is this telling me it was 20-17? to 17? I thought it was much worse than that. Because yeah, well, maybe it go. wasn't a drubbing. Maybe it just felt like one. Yeah, it definitely was like really boring and they couldn't move the ball early. Um NC State traveling to Wake Forest. Wake Forest a seven and a half point favorite at home. NC State uh, starting. <laughs> Here's a, the top story: is the five ugliest moments from Temple versus Maryland. <laughs> yeah, it was not a good game. Um, uh, NC State starting Devin Leary, uh, former five star challenge quarterback, who was a uh, third string on the roster uh, at the start of the season. Wake Forest. Uh, there's some talk Jamie Newman might be out, and they might start Sam Hartman. I like Sam Hartman, though. He started a lot last year and was pretty good. So I am taking Wake minus seven and a half at home. Sam Hartman was the likable guy on the QB1 documentary, which is good, I guess, because you know not many yeah. people come off as very likable on that one. He was on the Tate Martell one, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Wow. yeah, I think, yeah. Or he might have been on the second one. I can't remember. 
Because he was a freshman last year, so he's probably on season two. What's the line on this? Seven and a half. You know, I don't mind Devin Leary, and I think NC State's done some pretty good things with quarterbacks recently. I think give me yeah, give me the pack. <laughs> They've done they haven't done good things with their first two quarterbacks. No, no, I just mean I mean in previous years. <laughs> okay. Uh Virginia Tech traveling to Notre Dame. Notre Dame is 17 and a half point favorite, looking to bounce back. Virginia Tech surprisingly five and two. I felt like they've had a disastrous season, haven't you? Yeah, people. I feel like earlier in the year, people were talking about uh, what's his name getting fired over there. Uh, yeah, they were. Um, and now all of a sudden, they're just, they have the same record as. By the way, Notre Dame is number sixteen. Come on, man! What are we doing? I don't know. They almost beat Georgia. <laughs> well, they almost beat Georgia. So this, oh, there you go. Well, they're two spots behind Michigan. We just beat them by forty points. Like. I, I never will understand. I continue to think that Fuente is a good coach. I don't. Maybe I'm a sucker. I don't know. I really liked him at Memphis. I thought he's kind of the reason they're still good. You know, he kind of built that foundation there. I'm going to take the Hokies. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to agree with you, sadly, um, just because that's too many points, and I don't trust Notre Dame. And you never know. Michigan might have put some stuff on film that they can work off of. And Notre Dame's, you know, they don't have a running game. They got like one good receiver. Um, Anyway, moving on. The game of the week, Georgia and Florida, the old – Cocktail party, the not uh, cocktail party, the the non-alcoholic beer party. The old humans get together to watch a sport party. We've changed it to (laughs) the politically correct era. Um, uh, Georgia is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. What's what's going on with that line, Rob? Is this the fishy line of the week? You think it should be lower? Yeah, I think so. Six and a half? It seems, I mean, what has Georgia done? Beat Notre Dame? <laughs> I, I don't think people still to this day believe in the Florida offense. I'm not here to say whether that's right or wrong, but I think that's the – I think people are kind of waiting for Trask to fail, right, even though he has been good. Uh, they do have a million wide receivers. Kendarius Tony is back this week who does a lot of things for them. You know, he carries the ball. He catches the ball. He's like one of these do-everything guys. It does seem a little fishy, but I'm going to take the dogs. I, I I don't know why. I just I don't really believe in this offense either. I think that I think Georgia's got a good enough defense to kind of stall it. Uh, I think we'll see kind of Trask not look as great as he has, and I think Georgia will cover. Okay, I'm taking Florida. Uh, you mentioned Tony coming back. Uh, one of the one of the many guys who uh, thought he was a remember he thought he was a quarterback. Yeah, he's like oh yeah, I'm going to play quarterback. Sure did. Like. Okay. Okay. He was also one of these guys. I think I made him a four star late in the cycle. Let me look. Uh, I don't think you did. We saw him at. We definitely saw him at Alabama, Mississippi, Um, and he was good playing like wide. He was playing quarterback and a little wide receiver. No, you're right. I didn't. Yeah, I don't think you did. Probably should have. But anyway, he did think he was a quarterback. Uh, That's for sure. Okay, so let's play a little game. I want to play a game with you. So, obviously, you think Jake Fromm is better than our boy Shea, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Look, just because I don't like Shea doesn't mean I like Jake Fromm either. But I, if I had to take one to lead my CFL team, yeah, you I'll take probably Jake. take Fromm. Yeah. Okay. So, Shea Patterson has 1,600 yards on the season. He's completing 57% of his passes for 11 touchdowns and four interceptions. Okay. Jake Fromm has 1,400 yards passing. Uh, He's completing 70% of his passes, which is a nice percentage, with nine touchdowns and three interceptions. And uh, 
Jake, both of them are averaging, you know, about eight yards an attempt. So, I mean, well, come I mean, on. They're playing Auburn and they're playing A&M and they're playing, I don't know who else they've played, but they haven't played Bama oh, yet. J- and and Shea is playing who? Notre Dame is the good game against? I guess they both played Notre Dame. Right. They both played Notre Dame. And then guess which team won by yeah, a lot more who points? Put, who put um, better numbers against the, the semi-fighting Irish? Yeah, probably Jake. Jake, 20 for 26, game. 187 yards and a touchdown. Here's the problem we have with Jake at this point. And, and this may be a byproduct of losing a lot of his wide receivers. I mean, why 26 attempts for 180 yards? I mean, that's not that's not what we're looking for, a lot right? Of downs, that's for sure. I'm not, I'm right. not saying and that's, that, Jake Fromm is an NFL quarterback. I just I, I don't think that saying he's better than Shea Patterson is very high praise. That's I guess that's that's okay. my that's my baseline. I'm I'm just saying I think if you plug Shea in uh, to Georgia, we're not having much different results. That's all I'm saying. Um, uh, I think, and I think I you know. I was around some Georgia fans uh, recently, and boy, they're just having talk about uh, remorse over Justin Fields. Well, that's leader. on the coaching they're, staff. They could have done what Dabo did and had a little bit of a spine and benched the dude that took you to the playoff and plugged in your better player, which is exactly what Dabo did when he, you know, sent uh, what's his the Kelly Bryant packing and put in Trevor, right. <laughs> I this this you know the blueprint was there guys I don't I don't know what to tell you. Okay, so this brings up uh, a story that came out this week, which kind of didn't nobody really read. Uh, this was from a college football talk, which was an aggregate uh, aggregated from the Columbus Dispatch. So, uh, so this says uh, you know Justin Fields uh, transferred on January fifth, and they got eligibility. He says, were it not for the wisdom of his father, however, the situations for both Fields and the Buckeyes could have played out much differently. In an interview with the Columbus Dispatch, Fields acknowledged that soon after he arrived in Columbus, he wanted to leave. The sophomore never lived anywhere other than Georgia and told his dad, Pablo Fields, which if you you want to see some interesting stories, uh, Google uh, Justin Fields' dad. um, In a phone conversation that he wanted to go back to his home and re-enroll at Georgia. Um, and this is what the dad says. Justin calls me up and says, Hey dad, come get me. He wanted to re-enroll in Georgia, but the dad told him stay in it and pray and trust in God. It was crazy because the next day I met a few friends and felt comfortable there. So he almost even, he left and he almost went back. Are you gone? You're oh, muted. Muted. Why does that story come out now? I don't know. I think someone was doing a feature on him and he mentioned, you know, sometimes people just mention yeah. things. Maybe he just threw it out there, but it is it's odd. Right? It feels odd for sure. And the whole story feels odd. I know that like there was also talk that uh, there was also a lot of talk that, you know, from was kind of mad about how the f- the fans wanted fields last year. I do wonder like, you know, it's not like Justin Fields lit it up when he came in last year. Do we think he would be ha- putting up these type of numbers if he was playing in the same offense as as Fromm is? Uh, maybe not these numbers, no. But you got to imagine the numbers would be better than Fromm. I think Kirby's shown that he can kind of adapt to what he has. And if if you if he had a quarterback that was a little bit more, I guess, mobile 
uh, and better in almost every other way. <laughs> maybe, maybe the numbers would be a little bit different. All right. It's a sticky situation. It's going to be, there's definitely going to be some hand wringing of the, depending on how things turn out, especially if Ohio state's in the playoff and Georgia isn't. Um, all right. Kansas state traveling to Kansas. Rob, I almost did the thing where I queued up the audio from last week where I tried to talk you into Kansas state. <laughs> covering went out, right? And you, you talked me out of it. I picked Oklahoma. I had to go back and listen to it. Cause I was looking at the sheet. I was like, did I, I pick Oklahoma? Either I, remember. From Kansas. I, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea on this game. I mean, I guess I'll take okay. the cats. The, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. They're six point favorites. Yeah, six, in Lawrence, six and a half. Uh, it was six and a half the last time. Yeah, I'm taking. Give me Kansas. Puka, huh? uh, it's. Oh yeah, I'm in Puka. I trust. By the way, this new uh, Kansas offensive coordinator. Get ready to be hearing about him endlessly. This was a guy who came from NAIA. Nobody knew who he was. Uh, you know, you get the same narrative about the head coach at Kansas, <laughs> Kansas State. <laughs> <laughs> This guy was an actor in Dr. Pepper commercials. And they <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. I can see this going both ways. I have not been good at picking either of these teams. The reason I can see Kansas winning this game is because with the exception of the TCU game, Puka has destroyed everybody, right? Like he's putting up hundreds of yards. Kansas State's rush defense is not good uh, a lot of the time. So I could see Puka running for like 200 and, and then winning. I just think the talent around them, I think it is really hard to pick a team as a single-digit underdog that hasn't won more than three games in a decade. That's It's just hard to do. <laughs> and I'm not going to do it, and I'm going to take K-State. Yeah, well, hey, hey, listen, Rob. It's Puka time. 704 yards on the season. I he will might say crack this. If, if, they do, this like, if Kansas wins this game and then somehow gets to six wins or something and less kind of wills them out of – the, the seller of FBS. I think this podcast was the only podcast that was like the less hire is a good hire, right? Like we actually thought this was going to end well and everybody else assumed that Kansas was going to go over less his career there. Yeah. If you remember anybody, the, the few people who listened to the show <laughs> would remember that everybody decided less miles was the worst hire ever. Uh, at the time. Yeah, it's because right? because all their Wasn't young it? assistants that talked to them got passed over for in favor of an old guy that nobody really has connections to. Right, exactly. Uh which people forget like the way the way the media especially nationally is now intertwined with like coaches and their agents and stuff, it does frame a lot uh, of stories, especially um, of hires. Like the difference between that's right, a, that's a slam dunk hire and that's a questionable hire is how well how much does the coach talk to them? And that's it. And like that's right. you know, it's pulling back the curtain, but that is true. That is one hundred percent true. I have been guilty of it before. Um, I think everybody has. You know, you know where your bread is. Right. Buried. You and I both love. Right. We both love Tom yeah. Allen. One hundred percent for a reason. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. Because Tom Allen's nice to us. So really, that happens. Really big fan of Jeff too. Scott at Clemson too. Hope he gets a great job someday. Yeah, I know. I, I actually every time I see him, I keep uh, saying, "When are you gonna take a job?" He's. Uh, he may just he he's content at Clemson. He may just stay there forever until Davo leaves. Who knows? Um, but he, he I think he told me a story about his dad or something taking a job that was a bad that ended up getting him fired in like two or three years. And I think it like 
said in his mind that he wanted to take a job somewhere bad. But uh, speaking of Clemson, they're playing Wofford this week. <laughs> the SEC level scheduling here by the Tigers. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I give them a pass because they play South Carolina and Texas A&M. So they play, uh, I think they play nine conference games and then two SEC teams. So although everyone will tell you how horrible this is. Can we talk about is, how now that um, Florida State is mediocre, their favorite, the fan's favorite pastime is look how bad Texas A&M is. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, yeah. Look at Texas. They haven't beat a team with a winning record. Um, well, you can only beat the teams that are on your schedule. They, they, I looked at their losses. Their losses were to Clemson, Alabama, and then like an Auburn. It's like, okay, so so what they Jimbo left the covered bear. You know? uh, it's Jimbo's fault. Uh, we don't have a line for this one, so uh, we would assume Clemson wins by a million, and Trevor will probably barely play and not put a, and throw an interception. If Trevor throws an interception against Wofford, he might as well retire from football um, at this rate. Uh, Utah going to Washington. This one is tricky, Rob. Okay, so Utah and Oregon are on this collision course to meet in a Pac-12 title game. They're both in the top ten. But Utah has to go to Washington, and you know Utah's a three-point favorite on the road. I'm taking Washington. Either Utah, Oregon, or both of them is going to lose because that's how the Pac-12 works. So uh, give me the Huskies. Uh, Utah's another one that's beating me. Utah, BYU, and both Kansas schools, I I cannot solve. Um, I'm going to take the Utes. I'm a Utes believer now. I was not at the beginning of the season. Zach Moss is going to play in the NFL, which is incredible to me. <laughs> I mean, he, he was basically kicked out of Miami's recruiting class. <laughs> it was just like, nah. Man, not it was unbelievable the way they did him, too. And the way they kicked him out, they just stopped talking to him. Like He was committed, and they're just like, I'm just yeah. not going to call him. And now he's at Utah and probably going to play in the NFL, and I'll take the Utes uh, to cover that number. Not probably going to take He's going to get drafted like fourth round or yeah. higher. Um, so great job, uh, whoever Al Golden or whoever. Yeah, it was Al Golden. It was. Um, all right, moving on. Ole Miss traveling to Auburn. Auburn, eighteen and a half point favorite. All types of uh, controversy at Auburn as a friend of the show, Joey Gatewood, bailed, leaves midweek. Yeah, why didn't he do that earlier? Well, I think they sold him on like, hey, you're going to have packages in every game, and then they played last week, and he like barely played, and he was like. Because he does have like, I don't know, 150 yards rushing on the season or something. Uh, and I think he was like, you know what? I can get out of here. I can go take some visit, take some visits, pick my next school because he's going to have the opportunity to go to school like, you know, Georgia, Florida. I wouldn't be surprised Florida State and uh, Miami all tried. I, I have no information, but don't, couldn't you see him ending up back I could see Florida him State? well. They need a quarterback. That's, I mean, look, I'm not exactly inspired by what Jet Sims has done this season, the incoming Florida State quarterback that's supposed to be the savior. He's much better than what they have on the roster, I think. But I still don't know if he's like the slam dunk answer. So, yeah, I think they're going to want some insurance, and I think maybe Gatewood would be a good move. But I can also just as easily see Joey Gatewood costing me $50 when he destroys Kent State for Toledo in two years or something. <laughs> Thursday. There's no way. I- Joey's going to have a chance to go. So, I mean, he's too much of a, I mean, wants this is a guy like, who look, man, after the Martell situation, why wouldn't you just go somewhere where, you know, you're getting on the field. 
Like the last thing you want is to go to, and we're just using Florida State as an example, going to a Florida State and then having somebody beat you out again, and then and then what? Then you have to fake sick or whatever it is Tate's doing at, at Miami right now. <laughs> be, care, be careful. I don't know what I can't speak to what Tate's issues are. I haven't seen any snaps uh, updating his status. So uh, I'm taking I'm taking Auburn minus eighteen point five against the old Ole Miss uh, Rebels. I just think their defense is going to kill uh, Matt Corral. Speaking of uh, a potential transfer portal people and John Reese Plumley, I, I just like I like Corral. I, I like uh, the yeah. I am too. I, I'll agree with you here. I Ole Miss is, is rough right now, and are, are we have to do it? Do we have to do a round of is Gus Malzahn get fired this year? or are We going to skip that. No, nah, we'll be there. Remember, if he does, remember Sports by Brooks report. If he doesn't beat Alabama, they're going to hire Bob Stoops. Poor guy, so. man. Every year, yeah. no matter what. Uh, Cincinnati, number seventeen. Wow, they're ranked pretty high. They're traveling to East Carolina. Uh, they're twenty-four point favorites. I'm going to take ECU here. ECU winless in the American Conference. Their offense has been way worse than I expected. But 24 nah, is a lot scoring. of points. This, this is 35 0 Bearcats. Okay. You'll take Cincinnati. We'll, we'll see about my boy Holton Aylers, who I who I really thought was going to be like in a revelation, uh, you know, with the way he plays. But he just hasn't gotten it done this year. He just hasn't, hasn't looked good, even though he has more passing yards than Jake Fromm. <laughs> Sorry, I love Jake Fromm. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just joking around. But it's just funny when you sit here and stare at all these stats on the screen and you're like, you know, Bo Nix, same with Bo Nix. I mean, you know, you just wonder like, oh, are these guys' numbers now that we're halfway through the year, they aren't super great. Um, SMU traveling to Memphis. This is college game day. Memphis hosting. Memphis a six-point favorite at home. Now, I know I had heard that uh, SMU is without their – it might be without their best receiver, Reggie Roberson. I think there's talk about him being day-to-day, but sources close to me say he's probably out. Six, though, I don't know. I feel like Memphis could come in here and smoke them because it's like, a you know, this is going to be the first time they have game day and all that. But I, I think I think it's going to be closer. I like I'm taking SMU plus the the six. I'll take the Tigers. I it is going to be nuts. They've untarped the top of that stadium at the Liberty Bowl. People, I saw restaurants are serving ribs at six a.m. People are going to be wasted, screaming. I got a rowdy. All right, so Memphis's default. If you've never been to Memphis, the city of Memphis's default rowdiness is like a six on just like an idle Tuesday. So <laughs> if that's where you start. I think that this crowd is going to be insane. Uh, I, I don't think SMU is going to be able to handle it. Not enough cohesiveness, too many transfers. But when you're playing a team that has comparable talent and a good coaching staff, I think uh, give me Memphis by two touchdowns. Yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, Memphis is <laughs> Memphis is a crazy <laughs> place. If you've yeah, never the been default there. standing of Beale Street in Memphis in general is if ten is like ready to start a prison fight. <laughs> they sit at like six at all times. Yeah. They're definitely like, they're definitely, they're definitely super wild. I think, um, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I definitely think SMU fans, although I watched SMU play at home. Like when they were playing at home against temple, there were no fans there. Where does SMU have? Yeah, they're fans? all rich. Like, they're all in pastel. They're all dressed like I dressed in 2006. So they're all like, a lot of pastel polo shirts. It's a lot of like, you know, it's the school of George Bush. It's uh, 
you know, let's, let's just say we don't, it's, there's, there's a certain uniform you wear as a member, as an SMU student. We'll just put it that way. Let's wait. Let's talk about 2006. You were wearing pastels well into well, yeah, I just I just picked a year. You know, I mean, it could have been any oh, year. Okay. <laughs> what was the what's the thing with the penguin on it? What brand is that? Uh, I don't know if I ever had a brand with a penguin. penguin? Oh come on! You would definitely no wear no no no. It was a right? whale as the Vineyard Vines logo. I don't know what a penguin is. No, I know what you're. T- Hold on, I'll look is it, it Brooks Brothers? Okay, last game. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to Google it. It's a penguin logo clothing. Um, it's, this is original penguin clothing. Really? I think you're confusing whales. And, yeah, I think you're confusing whales and penguins. No, I know what the whale is. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know what this penguin company is. Penguin uh, I don't know. It's called original penguin official. Being original. Like, see, I you guess original. not. Yeah, you could have been wearing this penguin around. Look at the clothes, though. Oh, for sure. They definitely have that look. Where have I, have I never heard of um, this? <laughs> Rob's like, well, I guess I got to go back to dressing yeah, like a frat dress. Like I'm wearing these. these. It's <laughs> really not a bad look. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Uh, last game, Boise State traveling to San Jose State. Boise, a 17-point favorite. San Jose State, by the way, 4-4. Four and four. They, they've definitely saved their season. Boise's had all types of injury issues that have kind of let them slip down. Uh, I think uh, these late Boise games. Well, by the way, whatever happened to Hawaii? Do they still play uh, football games midnight this, no? this week? Trust me. I, oh, the yeah. reason that I don't know a lot about Hawaii this year is because I've been winning, and usually the only time I <laughs> watch Hawaii is when I'm down three hundred or four hundred, chasing it at midnight when they're playing. You know. Who knows where? But I saw when I was looking at spreads this week that they they are playing a game at midnight. So all is well in the world. All right. Um, I'm taking Boise minus 17. That seems like a high number, but uh, but they are they do they're they're due for a blowout, in my opinion. Uh, I will also take Boise mainly because I don't know anything about San Jose State. They be, remember they beat uh, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, that's like having better passing numbers than Shea Patterson, in my opinion. <laughs> but we have uh, we have a new number one on Todd McShay's uh, big board. Can you guess who uh, it is? Is it the defensive end from Ohio State? That's right, Chase Young. Kudos to kudos to Adam Friedman as a. Uh, Where's he from? Mike He's from Farrell Virginia or somewhere up in Friedman's region. Yeah, I what guess. do we make him a five like, star or something? Yeah, he was a five star everywhere, so I don't I don't give kudos I do. Way on to go, Adam. I'm proud of you, buddy. <laughs> Great job, Adam. Uh, tell us more about Antonio <laughs> Alfano. Such a hard on for Adam. Poor Adam. <laughs> well, because I you have no idea the amount of yelling I do at Friedman when we're in uh, the car together and I'm <laughs> telling him about how players suck or whatever. But he, he will tell you, I told you so about Alfano. I'm like, what did you tell us? He was the number four player in the country. What did you, what did you tell us? So <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> it's like, okay, we well, knew it. Thanks. We would have had him three instead of four. If it weren't for your warnings. Um, all right. So those are our picks. Hopefully we got some different ones. This could be, this could be a moving week for us, Rob. Yeah, it could be. And you know, I'm, like I said, I'm due for a losing season. So I'm, I'm still kind of guessing that you're going to overtake me at some point. Man, I got a lot of big, I got, I got one at Baylor, 
Auburn, Boise, and uh, all giving 17 points or more. That makes me nervous. Yeah, well, there's there's no rhyme or reason to this. <laughs> all right, let's let's move into some topics. Number one, first and foremost, we have some audio. We like when we get into the old audio crowd. So let's go to uh, Nebraska head coach Scott Frost. Scott, take it away. I don't want guys that go out in Minnesota with hoodies on and everything for warm-ups. Um, that just says to me that just okay is enough. You know, I'm a little cold, so I'm going to come out here like that. Um, you got ridiculed or beat up when I was playing if you did that. <laughs> Boy, fashion. fashion wait, wait. wait, now Scott Frost is wearing a hoodie in this. <laughs> like, I don't want to defend what he's saying, but he, he I think what he's saying is that you know, you, that's supposed to intimidate the other team. I don't think Scott Frost is trying to intimidate anybody by warming up. My biggest issue with the thing, as I said on Twitter, is he is trying to build his roster in the state of Florida. <laughs> These kids that he brings in from Miami are just supposed to tough it out without a hoodie and warm-ups in, in Minnesota right away? That's that. This, that's not selling your program here, Scott. <laughs> just to let you know. So here's the thing. I remember when I played football in the cold – uh, I do remember being like, we're not wearing yeah, sleeves, you, you, you know, but we were there. You didn't get imported from right. Deerfield Beach and somebody telling you you can't wear a hoodie when it's snowing. Right. But we were also linemen. Like, okay, so it was like a lineman thing. The the issue is, I noticed one kid from Florida transferred immediately after this game. Yeah, too. I saw that. <laughs> it was, uh, who was it? It was, um, it was a kid that had other options. He from- almost committed to Vander. Oh, it was uh, um, Miles, Miles kid from Jones, America. right? Yeah, he was committed to Vanderbilt, and then he flipped uh, after Frost got the job. Um, Here's the thing. Like you said, A, you're going to have guys from Florida that are going to be cold. B, the bottom line is Scott Frost clearly thinks his team isn't very tough, um, which is fine. But what what kind of pitch are we making? The problem is this is not not the the 80s or the 90s. That's the biggest issue is, like, you know, Scott, you, you're not going to be able to build your team with tough Midwest kids who don't get cold. Like, I mean. Are we starting to worry about how bullish we were on this hire? Like, I thought it was a slam dunk. I was – if you could go back in the archives of this show and find me just gushing. And not gushing because Scott Frost is my guy because he doesn't talk to me anyway. I don't think he's very media friendly uh, or so it hasn't seemed in my dealings with him in the past. Uh, gushing because I really thought it was going to work. And I'm, for the first time, really wondering how stupid I sounded. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the Willie Taggart episode is probably worse <laughs> than anything we said about Scott Frost. <laughs> I go back and listen to that. But uh, I'm only a little wor- – here's why I'm worried. Because, okay, everyone's like, he turned UCF from winless to the undefeated. Yeah, he did it in one year. I mean, he went six and six. Right, but here's the thing. George O'Leary did not – the players just hated him on the team. It wasn't like there weren't good players there. Like a lot of those players who went and got drafted off of those Scott Frost teams, that they were recruited by O'Leary. And I'm not saying Frost didn't recruit talent once he got there, but the baseline – it wasn't – the baseline was there. We could say, okay, we can turn these guys into something. It wasn't, you know, like the Griffin brothers, Okay. They're probably the two most famous guys to come out of UCF. They were both there, like when Scott Frost got the job, and one of them turned into a first round pick, and the other one got drafted as well, and was like an all was conference defensive player of the year. So 
those players weren't waiting for him at Nebraska. I mean, who, if you, when you watch their games, I mean, the guys making plays, especially, I mean, the whole team is basically Wandale Robinson, who's just getting destroyed every yeah, game. Yeah, that sounds like, like a pretty good way to sum it up. Right. I mean, the, the, the kid is like 5'8", and he's playing running back because, you know, they've had attrition. Of got, I mean, that's the other thing. You can't afford to have recruiting misses. They've signed two four-star running backs and the, that are no longer on the team in the two years that he's been there. So now you have a wide receiver playing running back. It's like, wh- what is going on? Like, I, I don't th- – those are the kind of things that are frustrating. You told – they told Wandell Robinson he was going to be used like DeAnthony Thomas, and there was a year where DeAnthony Thomas played running back at Oregon, but it's like, you know, that it's just not – it's not what we envisioned. And I, so I think that's why – a lot of people are frustrated. Not, they're still, you know – Guess what? He's still coaching. He's doing better than Jeff Brom. That's true. <laughs> you know, everybody everybody wanted last year too. Right. I mean, he's still going 500, and they're probably going to make a bowl game. They've had injuries at quarterback, but the, this this is a, this, this is was the danger. A and I know I'm, we're going to swerve out of the way here. This is the danger with making these sorts of hires. Everybody wanted to hire Jeff Brom last year before anybody really knew if Jeff Brom was a good coach. Guess who got caught up in this? Like, take a guess who I think got caught up in maybe jumping the gun on hiring a guy. Um, Miami. Well, I mean, <laughs> no. Why did Arkansas have to have Chad Morris? Because he went to a bowl game oh, yeah. once. Like that's it, and right. that's that's just what we decided. They had to have Chad Morris. So I was talking with some people. And they're ready to fire him. Well, they should have never hired him in the first place. And that's exactly what happens with Matt Campbell at Iowa State last year. And it'll happen again this year when he wins seven games or whatever he does. And it's exactly what's happening here. They get in such a hurry to get these guys because they have to – they convince themselves that they need to hire them before, you know, Ohio State wants them or something and they can't get them anymore. But then they just end up hiring a dude that's not actually a good coach that just had a fluke year, which happens a lot now. Right. And I, th- there's no doubt that I think Frost, you know, is a good coach. I do think, though, that, you know, he ran UCF for two years, you know, and then and like I said, he was in a talent rich area. And you mentioned him not being maybe super media friendly. I don't know. I don't know much about Scott Frost, the recruiter, really, because, I mean, I tried to go over there and meet with him several times when I was in Orlando and got just, you know, blown off Stip or whatever. Arms. Right, which is you know, which is fine. I tried to send some other people over there who may have influence over highly ranked prospects, and they were also stiff armed. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I I can't say. I mean, they're recruiting fine. I don't think they're recruiting great, and I think it's going to be hard for them, like you said, to build a team of Florida guys and then get mad, then get mad here. About what? About them wearing hoodies and the now I could totally see if if guys are out there shivering and stuff, but you know, guess what? It's cold. What are you going to do? Yeah, I don't think he's. I, we should amend this to say I don't think he's actually mad about it. I think it was just one of those things. It was something that a coach has to say to other coaches, right? Right. Well, yeah, he definitely thinks his team isn't tough, though. Like you can tell, you can tell that's not. That's not it, right? Yeah. Oh, we had another janitor tweet this week. Speaking of coach things, did you? Oh yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Cute. I got it queued up. Don't worry. Um, boy. So, all, right. all right. So moving on, the old uh, four coaches by coaches uh, topic of the week. Norvell McKenzie, Coach Norv, the running backs coach at the University of Louisville, recruits. Being endorsed by your coach is awesome. 
but what does the random person in the hallway think of you? <laughs> okay, stop. I'm stopping right there. <laughs> Imagine walking into a high school, in, uh, being an adult male, an adult male in the year of our Lord 2018, walking into a high school and telling whoever's at the door, no, I, I just want to talk to some random people in the hallway if that's cool. <laughs> yeah, Dude, right <laughs> Why are you questioning our students? Um why are you asking about okay. this person? Okay, here's the thing. Being endorsed by a coach is awesome. Okay, stop there. The coach is the one who interacts with the player all the time. Okay. Every single day. So right. So he's gonna know him the best. What does the random person who cares? They're a random person. What do I think of that random person? What if I don't like them? Okay, so let's <laughs> the move on. The best part is the sample size of a janitor or a random person in a hallway compared to a coach. It's like, what What are the bad things that the janitor is going to say? Is he, it's gonna, well, I heard him say the F word once, or it's going to be like, well, you know, actually, I heard he and his friends plotting a murder. <laughs> what, what, what character flaw is does the random person in the hallway reveal? It's like season two of Riverdale. Um, okay, so he says, what does the random person in the hallway think of you? The janitor? The secretary in the front office? Just how you want to be a five-star on the field, you should strive to be one off the field as well. Everything matters. Meanwhile, these coaches will offer kids they've never even talked to. (laughs) Right. What are we doing? I just just can't imagine a scenario in which everything checks out with the coach. Coach endorsed the kid. But, you know, I went and asked the random lady in the office – and she said, yeah, he's a great kid, except he flashes me every day. <laughs> Somehow the coach never knew about this, but, but it's yeah. terrible. He's just a terrible person. He comes in and beats up my infant. I uh, never thought to tell the coach, but since you asked, I'll go ahead and let you know. It's like, uh, I I don't know. How many likes do you think this tweet got? Or are you looking at it? Yeah, I'm not looking at it, but I'm guessing it's, it's crossed over into the 7,000. No, no, 1.9. Uh, Coach McKenzie has 19,000 oh, 19, followers, so I guess this is a good number. So uh, then, okay, I really enjoyed this tweet. So do you remember a couple weeks ago when we played our boy uh, Pat Fitzgerald and my emails, hashtag, yeah. I don't care? Mm-hmm. So um, who who is Bum Chillips? Is that Stephen Godfrey? No, it's uh, it's Spencer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, he he tweets. So remember this. He retweets the video and says, since that press conference, Northwestern has played four games. Uh, In those four, the offensive scored fewer points with each successive week, 15 against Wisconsin, 10 against Nebraska, three in Ohio State, and zero against Iowa last week. Uh, And then he did a (laughs) – then they they, they did like an Xbox Live – type thing on stitch where they played with the Northwestern offense to see how many points they could score. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it was a real troll move, which I really appreciated. And then I don't know if you saw this quote, great quote from Chip Kelly. This is, this is maybe leads, leads me to believe that us UCLA may be back. Okay. This is from Brad Denny, who who's Brad work for covering ASU football at three TV and CBS five. So there you go, if you've, whatever those things are. Chip Kelly on if he told his team that they control their destiny in the South. No, to be honest with you, grammatically, destiny is a predetermined set of events. And if it's a predetermined set of events, you can't control it. Think about that one. 
Thanks, Chip. Thanks, Zach Grinky. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I always thought that was a dumb thing. Um, control your destiny. Uh, but anyway, whatever. This guy must be lots of fun at parties. It's like, my point is Chip is starting to feel himself again to be kind of a, uh, they're winning games. He's being a smart ass. It's, nice, it's nice to see him back. Right. This is what we want. We want Chip Kelly uh, looking at the camera, saying something weird to the sideline reporter, making other coaches mad by going for it on fourth down. He's up 40 points. Yeah. This That's is the kind of, this is the kind of chip we know and love. That's what we're trying to get to. So uh, that that's pretty much it. I don't I don't have a whole lot of, of rants and recommendations. It is Halloween. I have seen a lot of people complaining. This is the longest Halloween ever, and it's like it's it just gets longer every year, doesn't it? The people that complain about this, the same people that complain about when people put up their decorations. Nobody makes you wear the costume for two weeks. Just do whatever you want, man. It's, right? Exactly. It's like, yeah. I, it's, if you want to celebrate Christmas in June, I, go, more more power to you. You want to wear your Halloween costume in January? I, I don't care. I just like <laughs> so that's what's happening next. You know, you realize tomorrow there's going to be a flood of. Can I start playing Christmas music now? <laughs> what, who who is worse the pe- the person that complains about people playing Christmas music early, which might be me, or the person who brags about playing Christmas music early because they want attention? Who who's worse? I think it might be the the bragger. Yes, I think so. I think it's the bragger. How many posts do you expect to see tomorrow? Of can I play Christmas music? Oh, I've, already, now? I've already seen some. I I don't know. It's, we translate right from is candy corn good or bad season into is Die Hard a Christmas movie season seamlessly. <laughs> I did see on my feed also is how is there not like a Thanksgiving bit? Oh, there is. It's is turkey. No, 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 no. That's what it is. It goes from candy turkey corn sucks. season. Yeah. To transition. Turkey's overrated. Don't have turkey. Here's what you can cook besides turkey season into is Die Hard a Christmas movie season. I did see is the night people. It's the same group of baby boomers <laughs> or young or old millennials that, that make all three of these seasons tick. One of my favorite Rob bits is, you know, when you say doing whatever is not a personality. <laughs> That's true. Rob will often complain when he's complaining in real life. He'll say, you know, I, I'm trying to think of an example. Arguing about if candy corn is good or not is not a personality. Right. Rob will say that when he's when he's exasperated in real life about someone. <laughs> yeah. So it uh, really makes me laugh every time he does it because I enjoy when people get mad. So um, the you're forgetting. I did see is there is the Nightmare Before Christmas a Christmas or Halloween movie and they had actually interviewed tim burton or whoever made that movie yeah well at least some there's some ambiguity there at least and it's right we haven't been doing it for the last decade yeah i hate i I, i'll rant about the people tired of turkey it's like when are you eating turkey like we we eat it once a year turkey is is an inferior meat it's the same people that are the good barbecue doesn't need sauce crap yeah <laughs> yeah, Tur- turkey is an inferior meat. So you'll get a lot. Of- By the way, I'm thinking about getting one of the. So, did you know that Popeye's chicken sells frozen turkeys already seasoned? No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting one this year for 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 uh 
for Thanksgiving. Let me know how Get that the, goes. How is that? Is that like I gotta ask this? Is that only in Atlanta? <laughs> like, I don't, it might I don't be. Happens in, it seems like a thing that only happens in Atlanta. <laughs> Let us know if you've gotten a turkey from your Popeyes. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's all of them. Let me hold on. Let me Google it real fast. Because uh, I've told other people, and they're like, "What?" I'm like, yeah, "I think I'm gonna get in a Popeyes turkey." Uh, I think that sounds like a only Atlanta <laughs> situation. Buy turkey from Popeyes. Okay, here we go. Um, you can snag one at thirty nine ninety thirty nine ninety nine a pop. Uh, just beware that the turkeys come fully cooked. They're also frozen, so you thaw them out and pop them in the oven. How about that? Huh. So they do so the work for you. Thing. They're seasoned and cooked. Yeah. Um, I kind of like 40 bucks. turkey. Anyway, recently I've had a tradition where like my buddy from Arizona comes down and we will go out and we will put <laughs> – we will be overserved and come home at 3 in the morning and put the turkey on the smoker. <laughs> Last year I spilled the brine all over myself. <laughs> I was out there naked putting the turkey on the smoker. It was a real – it was a real trip. Yeah, I was wondering, do you cook it on the old big green egg? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I uh, I don't mind cooking. I just it's a lot of work to do all by yourself, uh, trying to deal with the turkey. Th- thawing it out in time is also uh, a major problem. That's that that that's why getting a pre cooked one uh, makes it much easier. So, anyway, I'll let you know. I, I'm planning on getting one though, so I will uh, keep everyone abreast. By the way, those chicken sandwiches are coming back, Rob. I saw that, and we're, we're headed. We're about a year away from talking about the Popeyes chicken sandwiches. Not a personality, by the way. <laughs> I, I think we're already there. Um, oh boy, we got all kinds of tweets coming up about from our Duke coach. By the way. When that other coach started sending me his tweets and making fun of it, it's when I knew the Duke coach had jumped the shark. Coaching tip. Your biggest critics generally have no idea, concept, or the qualifications of what you do. Never need the field to defend yourself or explain yourself to those who are self-proclaimed experts at your job. What a... Hey, what about janitors who criticize kids? Hey, well, yeah. What about coaches that criticize star rankings? Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, you're you're right about that. I should retweet that and be like, yeah, take this and take this into account, coaches who complain about rankings. You don't do them. Uh, that's pretty funny. I wish I could do that. I wish I could. Be, oh, you uh, could. I, I mean, outlandish. I think you're forever. allowed to dunk on the Duke coach. <laughs> <laughs> He's an exemption from my uh, Twitter probation. All right, that wraps it up. Uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening and let us know. Uh, Rob, we're getting into guest season. We're going to try to get some guests on during these All-Star games. Do people want us to go back to getting coaches or is that boring? Like it, it was. I thought Paul Johnson and Bob Stoops were very good, but we've had some pretty brutal ones too. Yeah, I think if we could get them like in the offseason when they're more chilled out, I think in-season is tough. I think I want to get some players. I think we need to try to target – players with personalities. I think I want to get Bryce Young to come on and talk about uh, his situation. I think I want to get uh, – we should probably get – I don't know if Harrison Bailey would be a good guest or not. We but, could go uh, with Leach Volume 3 if we want. He's always good to have. Yeah, Leach would be good, but, uh, but after the season. So just let us know. We're going to try to have more guests on to try to fill the time. In the yeah, if you, want, if you got somebody you want to hear on with us, let me know and I'll get the guy. That's right. As long as it's not – well – I'm efforting. Okay, so well, actually, tweet it wrong. Never coming on this podcast. So besides <laughs> him, like, t- 
Tweet at Rob and tell him you want him to have Ed Reed on because Ed Reed is coaching at the Under Armour game and Rob will be there. And Rob has a chance to confront him in person about his fake two star ranking. I'll ask him. I mean, I, I'll, yeah, I'll ask him. I mean, I'll, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll go record my question to him for sure because I, I, I'd like to know where this <laughs> this mystery publication is for sure. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, play us out, our boy M Deuce. Uh-huh.